Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's your favorite cat ear extraordinaire, and happy San Diego Comic-Con weekend. By the time you get in this, you guys know that San Diego Comic-Con is this weekend, uh, or it's already passed, depending on when this comes up. So a lot of you guys know that around the time San Diego's biggest convention is happening as of right now, or it's been going on for the last few days. So I wanted to talk today in my own discussion about a few things that's been on my head on uh, a lot of interesting situations and things that's been announced. Now, so far, with today and this episode and the sense of it, I'm going to be just talking about Marvel. So this is going to be a two-part situation. There's going to be part one, which is going to be DC, and part and part two, that's going to be Marvel. So by the time that this comes up, uh, DC, most of everything that I've heard about on the DC end will finally be coming to light of their stuff of it. So, first off, we got to talk about DC Universe because a lot of people out there know DC Universe has been the biggest thing that they've been pitching at Comic-Con for the longest. Um, uh, for those who don't know, uh, in this world of digital television now, streaming has become like the biggest source of, in of entertainment. Because people want to see stuff whenever they want to see it and pay how much they want to pay for programming. And then if it comes to the point that's successful, they want content that's from those programming be originally from them. Uh, we can thank show program. We can thank uh, services like Netflix and Hulu and Crunchyroll for stuff like that. We can thank them for that because even the because even Crunchyroll has original content. For those who are saying, why did you mention Crunchyroll? Yeah, even Crunchyroll has had original content in some cases as well. Uh, you know, Rooster Teeth, uh, which is responsible for the uh, one of our favorite Makaba series, Red vs. Blue, uh, has responsible for also having a streaming service too. They have a streaming service through Crunchyroll for other consoles and services called Verb, which is a which is a, a subscription service from Crunchyroll that allows people to subscribe to Crunchyroll and other subscription services such as Rift Tracks, which is from the people, which is the uh, a, a company that's owned by the original writers and producers of Mystery Science Three, Th Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand, um, uh, except Joel Hodson. Um, I believe Mondo is one, which is independent stuff. Uh, Shutter, which is horror, um, and of course Rooster Teeth is in there as well. Um, then there's, uh, of course, Crunchyroll itself and Funimation, which is also added to that mix of it. And of course, also Funimation has their own, uh, subscription service as well. Funimation now where you can watch so with the subscription, you can watch digitally all of the anime collection as well for that. They have assigned from it. So with program, with subscription services like that being a big trend now, unless through, uh, live television in some cases, it's not surprising that a lot of people want to go to that range of advantage when it comes to uh, having subscription services and be able to control what you want to watch and control what you want to do. And so DC has decided to take the initiative by launching their very own subscription service called the DC Universe. Now, DC Universe has explanation for those out there who don't know about the DC Universe. I'll, I'll bring it to those who are still not up to speed with what the DC Universe is. Um, it is going to be a monthly a monthly and slash yearly subscription service that will be available for, I believe, all digital devices as well as for all internet browsers as well. Um, and with a certain price range, 
they will have a subscription service which will allow you to create your own membership uh, along with the fact that you will be able to have access to their entire website through their app or through their browser website itself um, but one of their highlights in the case of it is their original content they will have original programming from DC Entertainment exclusively on the app and and subscription service this is the highlight of dc universe when it comes to the service um they'll also on the side will have access for merchandise that you can purchase but only on their website uh community service stuff where you can talk to other fans through the universe as well as celebrities and stuff like that um they'll also be ha uploading an entire archive of their entire media library which includes every animated series every live action tv show every classic and recent movie from the dc universe will be uploaded officially in high definition on the dc universe app everything from the linda carter uh tv show wonder woman tv show to the classic batman animated series in the 90s all of it will be available to watch through the subscription service of DC Universe. My only two questions about this service is, um, if the movies will be on there, though that also include every film and show that has not been owned by Warner Brothers, except the case of it. Like recently, they also announced that they will be re-releasing the Supergirl film. Now, originally, a small indie company in Canada originally owned the film production rights to Supergirl before DC even decided to be owned by Warner before Warner Brothers even decided to purchase DC and own the rights to every character uh, they had the company had a small rights to Supergirl the character to create the film just like Superboy was owned by a small private investment company too and I'm wondering if they're going to add Superboy's television series as well to this um, we know I know Lewis and Clark the Adventures of Superman I know Smallville will probably be on there. I know they'll probably put Birds of Prey on there, despite how long, how short the series was. Um, I also am wondering, will that mean the CWDC recent shows that we've come to love, will they also be added to the lineup of the DC Universe uh, series? Does that mean we'll be able to see recent episodes up to classic episodes of all of our favorite shows from the DC TV, DCC TV universe, which includes uh, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, uh, you know, even all the old shows, uh, uh, Constantine, uh, you know, Will, uh, Vixen, uh, Freedom Fighters, The Ray, which are all animated projects. Uh, will they also be available on the app or subscription service? That's my question about that. And we can only know, we will only be able to know most of that except until details come out forward on that or until it comes to the point that uh, once the subscription service is available to purchase of it. Now, right now, they have two pricings on the services. They have a $7.99 monthly service, which is completely fine for me. And then they have a $79.99 purchase uh, annual subscription service, which means for 80 bucks you can subscribe for the entire year. Now, I'm a guy who likes to pay by month. So wait, I'm waiting until that $7.99 is open. But right now, they're only doing pre-orders for the $80 annual subscription because they're going to give three months extra free and they're going to have you raffle in tickets. They're going to have you in a raffle to win tickets to see the premiere 
of Aquaman, which is the next movie in the DC Films world. Um, how? But this goes back to my original question, my original situation of the original content. Now, recently DC has announced there will be several shows that will be programmed exclusively through the DC Universe app. Um, Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, uh, Harley Quinn animated series. They recently announced that Jeff Johns will be working on a Stargirl series, which is actually exciting because I've only seen Stargirl in three projects. She's appeared in Brave and the Bold. She's appeared in Justice League Action. And she's appeared in live action, I believe, in Legends of Tomorrow, which was her only time she's actually done live action, which was actually kind of cool. So we're finally going to get Stargirl her own series, and that's going to be very exciting to see. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, however, my only take right now is Titans, and that's what I want to talk about right now. Titans is, of course, going to be DC Universe's new live-action series for Teen Titans. Now, back, I believe, in 2015, 2014, it was announced that TNT was going to with the quiet rights with Warner Brothers and DC to develop the show. So a lot of people were hoping that TNT was going to make an action, live action series for Teen Titans. And this was before even we knew of Supergirl's existence of a TV series. <coughs> In fact, there's a lot of fan art that you could probably find online that shows of the case that it was going to happen. But when it was announced that the series was going to be finally done, it was going to be done through use. The, the DC Universe app, uh, we were a little bit hesitant. Um, then we found out most of the characters on the show, there was a leak of some of the characters on the show in action, and some of them looked look like who they are in the comics. And that had us a little bit unsettled. Um, so far, the only two characters that they also have announced that will be on the show that they haven't said much of it is Hawk and Dove, who were rarely in the Titans, I believe, in the comic books. So... Uh, I feel um, about the series, uh, well, here's the thing. I watched the trailer, and I honestly can say that was the most cringeworthy thing I've ever seen. I am such disappointed. I, I honestly believe it's a letdown for once. Now, be that as it may, I'm still hoping that DC Universe pulls off everything else with everything else in the programming, like the Harley Quinn animated series, the uh, Young Justice new season, the Swamp Thing TV show, the Stargirls TV show. I'm still hoping that something else will come out of this for the DC TV Universe and the DC Universe app. But as of right now, Titans has disappointed me. And I'm going to have to go through the roll call of this. The only three people out of this entire show that has no say in the sense of it is Hawk and Dove and Beast Boy because we don't see much of them within the show the show focuses more on three other characters Starfire uh, Raven and uh, Be uh, Robin and, and Robin's outfit is a little cheesy has that Crystal Donald feel to it but it's accurate and in the trailer, you see his story background, like similar to like Gotham in a way and all that stuff of it. And then he ends up fighting a group of punks, uh, thugs in the hallway, and they're all like, where's Batman? And after he's done beating the shit out of them, he says, fuck Batman. 
I honestly can't see that. Now, if he was Nightwing and not Robin, and he was doing his own thing, that would make more sense. You can't be the boy Wonder and say that to him at all. That's the problem for that. Then Raven. Now, Raven's look, I have nothing against Raven's look on the, in the sense of it either. She's, you know, it's good to know she's a lost girl. But it made it seem as if her character has not known of her history with Tamrath. Uh, apparently, her character has killed people. Uh, you know, she, her body is burning, hurting and such. Um, and, you know, she's asking for help. It seems like a little bit more of a vulnerable Raven, which is what I've never expected Raven to be. Raven is very cynical. And I'm not going off of the cartoons. I'm going off of what I know of the comics. Raven is less cynical. As much as, you know, Daria is in some cases. So that really made me uncomfortable in the sense of it. But the bottom line, the line that drew the draw, the, the, the line drawn at the sand from me was none other than the look of star of Starfire. That literally killed it for me. And be that as it may, a lot of y'all people out there are going to probably say to yourselves, like, why, why, why are you making such a big deal about this? This girl has done nothing wrong. Now, let me break it down for you so you understand something. The actress who plays Starfire, the actress, I have nothing against the actress who has played Star, who is playing Starfire. None whatsoever. Anna Diop, I believe her name is. Anna Diop is a very attractive, very talented woman. I have nothing against her. It's good DC wants to bring a lot of diversity in their characters because this is not the first time they've done this. For example, uh, Flash, the West family, Iris, Joe, and even Wally. Uh, in the comics, they are not black, but they are black in the cartoon. I love that. In Supergirl, Jimmy Olsen is black. Makad Brooks plays Joe, Jimmy Olsen. He is black. He is not black in the comics. We all know this. Jimmy Olsen, Superman's best friend, is a white is a white faced, red haired, freckled boy, who could look like he could give Archie a run for his money, and yet they made him an African American in the show. I have nothing against that whatsoever either. It's okay to bring diversity into the show. That's a beautiful thing. DC has been doing that with especially with their TV shows. With the live-action TV shows bringing diversity within these characters, I love that. I do. Because now we can have to the point where we say these characters are more real, more human. There's nothing wrong with that in these characters. Making the West black, making uh, him black, that's completely fine. Hell, in the Marvel Universe, they had one of the characters of become a female. Uh, Hogarth from Jessica Jones was a man in the comic books. They made her a woman. There's nothing wrong with that either. Changing the gender for the sake of that situation, nothing wrong with that either. Nothing. But if you're going to bake a character whose distinct looks is very iconic for the years that cosplayers has even done it, no matter which gender they no matter which gender or race they are, you have to make sure that they do not ridicule the character. Anna Diop did not ridicule her character of Starfire. It is DC. The production company and the company that owns the rights to the character that has disappointed me.
Now, you'll probably see it there. If you Google Starfire, Anna Diop, you'll probably Google, you'll see both of that. Recently, Anna Diop, by the time you get this video, Anna Diop has recently had to block her comments on, on Instagram because she has been getting racial remarks and criticism from fans over her portrayal of this character in the show. That really crossed the line for me. That really ticked me off because that girl has done nothing wrong. You cannot blame the actress for her portrayal of that character. Her character, has, she has done nothing wrong with that character. You need to blame the source company responsible for it. And if the company that's responsible for the source material can't even get the source material right when it comes to the show, that's a problem for me. And that's what it is with Starfire. But then again, this isn't just Starfire, it's for the rest of the characters too. But reason why I'm talking about Starfire now is because race... It's it's super fucking ridiculous that people are harassing this girl over a portrayal of something she had no control over, especially when it comes to looks. Now, I will say something about the look for her character, but this is not her fault. This is DC's fault. They have her in a purple dress with thigh highs and a fur minx coat with red curly curly hair. In no way, shape, or form has Starfire looked like a prostitute. That's literally what she looks like to me on this show. She looks like a prostitute. And that makes me very disappointed. Starfire is a Tamaranian where her, where her planet has dealt with a lot of disregard and, dis and a lot of uh, anger and such of it that I've read most of the comics to know about Starfire's coming. Starfire has a big upbringing in her lifetime. I loved even the fact that in the Teen Titans cartoon, they brought up about racism within her character in that sort of way of it, with connecting her character with uh, Cyborg because one of the characters on the show calls her a racial slur. I love they did that on the show. That was one of the reasons why. You won't see that in Teen Titans Go. I'm sorry. You won't see that. That's what I loved about the old show. It brought up moments like that. A racial slur. So, making Starfire's alien race close to our African and American roots, I think is a good idea. I think it's a perfect idea. What you will not do is have this woman playing an alien from another planet who's dealt with so much on her life dressed like a prostitute with her outfit. Yet everyone else on the show looks like they're dressed to the nines accurate to their outfits. But yet you have her character dressed like a skank. That is, a dis that is to me, offensive. That is offensive to me as a fan. That is offensive to me as an African-American of the cases of it. That's offensive to me as a true, as a uh, someone who knows the source material like everyone else in the sense of it. Now, I can go on about uh, my nerdism about the fact about how they change so much when it comes to that character in the show. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. Because I can pull up thousands of tweets on, t on Twitter's live stream about why it is. I, 
personally feel that Diana Diop was violated in the most disrespectful way by the fans. This is one of the love-hate things about the fan base. I know, and this goes for every material, and that's the one thing I tell most of the people who are not even from this material. One of my roommates has is not a fan of any of this stuff. Comic books, superheroes, anything. While she did find Black Panther interesting in some cases, she's not a fan of this stuff. And I had to break it down to her on a sense of it. When it comes to nerds in some fan bases, some take it to a sense where it's wrong, but then they'll go to the point where it's like a 20% anger that makes logical sense, but then some will go to an 80% anger logic that's not logical. That's like, you know what? You have to understand the logic and situations of things are. You can't be mad about that. That's not even right to be mad about. This situation could have been a 20% anger, and that was only because of how her character looked. That's it. You, nobody had to take it to an 80% of anger because of the fact of who played her. That's wrong. Very disrespectful. Again, Anna Diop did not deserve those racial slurs or those hatred and harassments. She didn't. This is the same thing that happened with the... Um, the actress from Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Now, I don't even want to go so far to talk about The Last Jedi because while I found the movie to be okay, hate me, or, hate me or not, I don't give a shit, there have been a lot of talks recently this year about the movie. Um, so far, some people felt that the movie was incomplete. Some felt that the story was just off rails. And some people felt like, you know, too much religion in some of the characters in some cases. But there was a lot of hate for the character, for the movie. A lot. And to the point, there's a few people who've actually started a petition that they wanted to have the film redone. Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, but the worst part to me was the harassment that, the act that, that, that was given to one actress... Kelly Marie Tran, who is an Asian actress who plays Rose Tico and who possibly could be the love interest to my boy John Boyega's character, Finn. I loved her character of the show. She's a mechanic. She's female. I loved her. And the fact that we don't really see a lot of diversity in Star Wars, with the exception of Lance, with the exception of Samuel Jackson as Mace Windu, and of course uh, Billy D. Williams' character, uh, Lando Calrissian, and Donald Glover's character. With the exception of those two characters, we don't see a lot of other diversity within the Star Wars world. Not even the Asians descent. So when they added her character to the movie, I thought that was a brilliant idea. Unfortunately, many people did not agree with that to the point they harassed her to the point she disabled her Instagram account because of that harassment. Because some people found her character to be a lack of space. Which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Honestly, I'm offended. I'm appalled that people had to insult this woman. I remember watching one of my favorite moments when the movie came out was a young girl who was an Asian of cosplayer got to go to the movie premiere and Kelly saw her at the red carpet and cried because she never thought anyone would cosplay her character. It was a beautiful moment. And yet 
that was taken away because some fans want to be ridiculed about the fact of how this character and this movie was drawn. And it's very offended. Now, things like that example, this is the same thing happening again with Titans because of an actress who had no control over her looks or her appearance of the character, but more the fact that people had to hate on her because of that. Like she had some input on it. It offends me. It makes me upset even more because there's no excuses that people needed to harass Anthea. None. She had no control over the character's looks. She had no control over the character's portrayal. None. And it makes me very offended and very appalled on how people are with her. Now, I have seen a few people who have also mentioned the fact that, well, she should have played Raven. It was better of a course of it. That doesn't matter. It doesn't. The fact that people... The fact that people did this to Starfire... It just upsets me. It's not okay. It's not. Racism is never okay. But harassment to people in this sense is even wrong even more. And it really disappoints me to know that that happened that's this is what's really struck a court me the most out of everything else everything else can be changeable but you can't hate on the actress a young woman who's taken on a role of a character that was not in her control and for people to hate on her for that is just wrong i can't hate on her for that i hate the costume department who thought it was a good idea to make her look like that i hate the company itself for saying we should have her look like that. I have a hatred for the creators for not putting a stand in saying that's not how Starfire looked. I have seen dozens and dozens of women in color who have done very more accurate jobs of Starfire in the cosplay community more than what they did to Anna Diop's portrayal character look. So race has nothing to do with how terrible Starfire was. It was more on the looks based on the characters of the creators. That is who is at fault. DC is at fault for that. And that makes me disappointed. And I, I hope somebody out there can tell Anna that the real fans support her no matter what. And that we real fans support your her work because it's just really offended it make it brings me boiling red because it's a, it's one of these reasons why it's a love hate relationship with this nerd culture because there are people who insult people innocent people for not who have no input on what the look like of things none and in sense of Starfire, there was no need to insult her. None. So aside from that, in the situation, 
everything else within the show can be fixed. The special effects, the villainy, the characters of the characters and appearances, all that could change. And I hope, I hope later down the line within the series, Starfire is given more respectable appearance. I only hope that her look within the trailer is something more accurate than what she's given as a right as of the trailer. I hope. Because again, I don't blame Anna Diop for her portrayal of that character. I blame the writers, the producers, the executives, the director. I blame all of you all who messed up on that look. But aside from that, <coughs> we have not gotten any other news yet for any of the other programming of the case of it. So that's the only one. So, so far, they've only shown the trailers for Titans and uh, Young Justice Outsiders. Now, I am excited on the whole different scale. I am excited for Young Justice. We have been wanting this season since the cliffhanger in season two of Young Justice. And I think we owe Netflix a lot for that. And I think they do. They owe Netflix for that. Because Netflix, when they aired Young Justice, they seriously put it all in the overhaul within that show. And because of the ratings went through the roof with the success of the ratings on the show on Netflix is the only reason why this show has a second blood now. I only hope that if it gets to that point of success of it, and I only hope that because of that, more seasons could come in the future. They haven't stated if there's going to be anything or if this is going to be the last season of the series. But I do know, I do know that this is going to feel like home a little bit. And I really hope that this show lives up to the expectation hype that it is. Because like I said, from what we've seen so far, it looks exactly what happened this. All the voices are back. Uh, so it looks like they have a step falling off the step with this show and I'm excited about that that's a whole different perspective but out of all the shows that DC is going to be doing for the DC Universe the one I'm looking forward to the most that I've not heard anything for is Harley Quinn now Harley Quinn is apparently is going to be an animated series it'll probably follow more of the comic books um, now for those who don't know the last uh the uh, last few books um, when it comes to <sighs> it's hard to put my foot on this case because I'm just like I the recent comics that came out for Harley up to the Valentine's Day special before the last 52 were some of my favorites. And then the movie came out for Suicide Squad and they decided to change her look then to fit more within the comic, fit more to the movie. And that was my only disappointment. I liked her style, I liked her look within the comics during that time of it. I only hope that that's the style that they go for in the animated series. Otherwise, if not that, I would love to see Bruce Timm and Paul Dini put their two inputs within this show. Nothing wrong with that either. But that's the one thing I'm looking forward to 
out of most of the shows and projects here on um the DC in the DC world. Um Swamp Thing, of course, I know they'll probably do something very unique and geeky on that. Uh um Doom Patrol, um like I said, Super Patrol, Swamp Thing, uh Stargirl. They're all gonna be very interesting to watch of it. What I would love DC Universe to do is if the series for these live action shows turn out to be very much well, I would like them to try to spearhead another chance to do something milestone. That's what I would love to see. Now, for those who don't know what Milestone is, Milestone Media is a company that was started by Dwayne McDuffie, who was a producer and writer on DC before his passing. But for those who need a clear-cut conscience of what he's responsible for, he wrote many of the animated films that we come to love, such as uh, Justice League Doom, Crisis on Two Earths. The I believe he wrote the film version of The New Frontier. But one of his most hated stories... Um, well, not hated. One of his most loved characters is Static Shock. Static was created by Dwayne himself. Static was sort of the mascot for Milestone Media when it was developed and distributed through DC. And when Milestone was bought out by DC and folded, Static was the only one left. Now, from what I'm hearing... Milestone Media still has some attained rights to Static, so they can't really, so DC can't really use it much because they still don't own Static that much. They don't like a twenty percent owner of Static, so they're going through ownership situations that's preventing a movie or a TV show. So we can only hope that something down the line at that um. <laughs> That we can only hope that Static Shock becomes a thing in the case of it. Because I love that. I would love to see a movie on that. I do. I would love to see that. It this Static Shock could be what Black what Black Lightning has done on television and what Black Panther has done for Marvel films. I honestly believe that. Um With that being stated, uh other than that, I like I said I think that's pretty much all that they've talked about in the DC ends of it. Other than the fact that new seasons are coming out, second season of Black Lightning will be coming out. I'm pretty sure uh, they'll be doing more information about the new seasons for Flash, uh, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, My one, just like I said, my one sour note is still the whole Starfire and a Diop situation. That just really rubbed me the wrong way because that girl has done nothing wrong with her betrayal of the character. It was the producer's fault for her character that way. I don't even think they got Mark Guggenheim to contribute to this uh, project. Now, I can understand why they wouldn't have him contribute because recently he has gone through, um, he has been exposed for sexual allegations, which is why a lot of fans are asking for him to step down as showrunner for most of the shows. I get that. And I'm going to talk about something similar to that tomorrow, the next episode of the show, because something else came up when it comes to something on the DC, on the Marvel side 
that's similar to that situation. So I can understand on that end when it comes to DC for that sense. But I feel like it's a waste of time to talk about that if nobody else is going to step up. So, but yeah, uh, if you feel you want to check it out, go to DC, ddcuniverse.com. There. Um, I will say the comic books and merchandise ends of the DC Universe app streaming service is I'm interested also in too because they're going to also have a archive of merchandise that will be exclusively sold by them as well as uh, you know well kind of, um, sorry um, they're going to have um, merchandise exclusively on their app they're going to have community board areas for the fans um, as well of course as the entire digital catalog of their comic book collection which will be awesome because not everybody can afford comicsology <laughs> but it'll be easier to read on that sense of it and speaking of which for those who are asking yes i did pick up the 50 issue of batman issue number 50 which came out i have the uh the jim lee cover uh, i i i had to order that one specially because they sold out at media What's weird is Midwest, I figured they would have had a bigger stock, but no, they don't. They had, they ran out real quick. Um, there's four different variant covers for uh, the Batman issue 50. Now, for those who don't know, issue 50 is supposedly the issue that starts of Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle's wedding because Lord knows these two should have been married for 60 years ago. Ever since they met, we all know this is going to happen. Uh... At least he gives him a chance. At least he gives it a chance in this movie, um, in this comic book. Um, however, however, it's also important to realize that you know how some of these comics usually go down. Something's going to happen in a way that it's going to interrupt the wedding. It's going to come to the point where she's not her husband, or he's not her servant, or so we all know how that's going to go on. But my. Uh, this issue when it comes to the covers the only one I wanted was the Jim Lee one because it reminded me a lot of Hush and for those who have never seen uh, Hush they definitely should watch they should definitely should read it um, but the cover shows Bruce and Selena almost embracing with their heads tilted to each other in the middle of the rain and if you look at Selena's eyeglass, you can literally see the dead head face of the Joker. Um, you know, for all I know, that might be the same thing in the incident. Now, I've read it only because of the fact that I just know what's going to, I just figured it out. But aside from that, um, I still had to get the issue. Like I said, this is as close as we'll get to, close to them getting married. Close to them getting married. Um, also, I from what I know, uh, DC will be really re-releasing the Batman animated series uh, uh, complete set in a limited edition Blu-ray set, which bums me, the f bums me the fuck out because I have the DVD box sets for volumes one and two, and I have yet to get volumes three and four. And now I may have to sell these two just so I can get this box set for the Blu-ray. <laughs> it's not fair. 
Same thing is going to happen with uh, Jamie's with, uh Same thing. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, I had a brain fart there. <laughs> but um, but in the case of it, when it comes to this DC Universe app and such, I'm looking forward to see something on there. My other question also is, will it be available for Fire Stick, Roku, and consoles? That's what I hope DC Universe does. I would love to have them right there next to Netflix and Hulu, so that way I can go online there and watch certain shows on there with subtitles and everything else like that. So. Um. When it comes to everything else on that app in the sense of it, like I said, with the programming and such like that, like I said, the only let down so far has been Titans trailer. And I can only hope that later down the line, the show will get fixed that situation. But aside from that, I'm hesitant on my hopes up. So that's going to be it for me for today's episode. Part one, uh, tomorrow or later, you'll be hearing part two. Uh, let me know what you guys want to hear from me to talk about for more in the sense of it. I'll be talking more about Marvel's end for part two. Um, also, like I said, if you want to check out anything else on ends with my stuff, or if you want to catch up with anything else I posted about that, you can go to my YouTube channel or my Facebook page and make sure you go to drivemedia.com for everything on yours truly and my photography. And with that being said, I will catch you guys on the next episode. Later.